Hello and welcome to Our Lost Podcast, brought to you by the Aficionados Podcast Network. My name is Robin Jeffrey. I'm a 25-year-old actor and drama instructor. I like brooding anti-heroes, feminist agendas, and I have way too much knowledge regarding details that no one else remembers. You can follow me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey pretty much everywhere. Her name is Brittany Ray. She's a 30-year-old journalist from beautiful post-apocalyptic Vancouver, BC. She likes badass moms and long naps. She's on Twitter at at Britannia, where she can be found attempting to be interesting and talking about her cat. Welcome to the first installment of our Season 2 Spoilers sections. This is a series in five parts. If you've listened to all of our podcasts in their entirety, you are not missing anything by skipping this series. These are all things that you have heard before. You can re-listen for the fun of it, though. Listen, I'm not the boss of you. The purpose of this series is for those people who may not be caught up, who've been skipping the spoiler sections. We've compiled them here for your convenience so you don't have to go searching for them. You are welcome. Please be warned that from here on out, the whole series is fair game. Let's get started. This is the spoiler section for episode 201, Man of Science, Man of Faith, featuring author and icon Claire Willett. Spoilers, spoilers, gonna talk spoilers. Spoilers, spoilers, gonna talk spoilers. Time to talk for three more hours. (laughs) Time to have Sarah sing the song that she did not know that she was doing. (laughs) Okay, let's, um... Let's go storyline by storyline again. So, Walt says the button is bad. Don't press the button. Wow, that button is bad. The button is bad. But also, it's bad when you don't press the button. But when you don't press the button, Henry and Cusick's clothes blow off. So, like, Mm. don't press the button. I think Walt had the right instinct there. (laughs) And also, see now, and now knowing that, so now I'm immediately projecting ahead to what happens with Michael Mm. and the computer. Like, Right. like, Like, Walt, like... It, it does turn out that it is actually very bad that Michael, when Michael gets involved with a computer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very. You know? Maybe his warning just went to the wrong person. Yeah. Or, oh, or, snap. Yeah. Or maybe like, yeah, like that. Well, that's a good question. Like, like what, I mean, and again, the question of like how, like how the, how the visions manifest, who gets to see what, you know, like Sawyer also sees the horse with Kate, but yes. like all like who, you know, who sees what things and, and how those things all work is a little bit, I think sometimes confusing but in this particular one it's like okay if we're assuming that like that the the vision has a degree of agency what like, what was shannon supposed to do with that information you know mm-hmm. and, and Walt does speak backwards one other time he says they're coming in there close in abandoned to shannon again so he just always does walt think any of these things are helpful does she think <laughs> that, like does he think that shannon can speak backwards english all of a sudden well, that's my question <laughs> is this walt or what is this? Is this because like it's the man in black, right? Well, it can't be the man in black. Well, I guess it could be, but he, you know, Walt isn't dead. So but I think like my favorite thing about this is like if it's the man in black, he spoke backwards just to mess with them. Yeah, he literally was like, "What, Walt, what are so they gonna is, do now?" So this is my question about uh, like about in terms of like the metaphysics of like like of how the visions work. Because yeah, so my understanding was like, like some of the time slash most of the time, except for Walt, like if a vision appears and it's of a person who is dead, then like that's the man in black trying to get you to do something, right? Yes. Yeah. And like, also follow him or go somewhere. But Walt, Walt travels through space time to multiple characters and is alive the entire time. 
Well, but we That's also true. do know that Walt's kind of a freaky kid. So if he has like... Yeah, like Walt, Walt is a tiny bit magic. Yeah, maybe it is actually Walt because he does in, I believe, season, uh, the end of season three, Locke is like lying in the pit right. of dead people and Walt's yep. just like, hey, yeah. you got more work to do, let's go. So I wonder if right. it is Walt. And, and is Walt aware that this is happening? Is he aware that these visions are coming to people? I don't know. Yeah. I think that it might suggest that Walt is omniscient. Do you think yeah. that like and this th- is him coming in through his dreams like i wonder if like i wish we had more walt no. so that we could know that like I when think, walt is asleep he like comes to people and he thinks they're just dreams like in my brain like the way i rationalize it just because like we don't have any evidence of the contrary because they weren't really interested in like trying to tell Walt's story is that he's projecting himself back from the future oh see what i did there <laughs> and to try and help people but it doesn't quite go right because he's not 100% trained but like I think right. this is like future Walt trying to warn people and sort of change the path that they're on yeah hmm. I and I, and it seems like that's like it seems like when the and I god I wish maybe Robin maybe has more of this information in her head but like like I, I wish I had like a list of like every apparition and hallucination so we could figure out is it all either the man in black I got you. and Walt is like the only outlier or are there other times where a hallucination that behave? Cause like the man in black ones, those are the ones where like other people can see them. Yes. So cause it's yeah. not, it's not like you're having a vision. It's like, he takes on that. He's form. there. Yeah. Yeah. He like assumes the form. He's like a corporeal being of Christian or the horse or whatever. And, um, and the Walt ones, it's hard to gauge because it happens to both of them when they're alone. So, so we don't know if Saeed had come earlier, if he would have seen them, but like, you know, and then Locke is by himself when he sees it too. So yeah. So like, so what I want to know is first of all, are there other situations where there is a, a hallucination or apparition that behaves differently besides Walt? So I have um, the list of dreams and visions right in front of me. Here. Okay. In season one, Jaxie's Christian. Claire has a dream about looking for her baby, seeing Locke in the dream. That's doesn't really. That's just kind of oh, okay. a that's just kind of a premonition type of yeah. symbolism thing. Boone has visions of Shannon being killed by the monster. That was just a weird pace because Locke drugged him. Locke has a dream in which he sees the Nigerian play. Yeah, that was a dream as well from the island. Season two. Shannon has three ver- visions of Walt. While searching for Vincent, during this vision, Walt says backwards, don't push the button, the button is bad. In her tent, during this vision, Walt says backwards, they're coming and they're close. While searching for Walt with Saeed, Saeed also sees him in this instance. Okay. So, like, is Walt, like, low-key, like, later seasons Wesley Crusher, where, like, he just became something else? Like, a higher plane of existence or something? And we're looking for visions, right? Not dreams. Claire knows what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, no, I'm with you. Yeah, so, I, yeah, I think I'm less interested in, in like a dream that's just a dream yeah. and and more the ones where, because that was something that, that, that flagged me like when I was watching the show where I was like, oh, sometimes you're hallucinating something and somebody else sees it. Mm-hmm. So that's its own separate thing than, than somebody having a dream. Exactly. Yes. Okay. So other visions, Kate and Sawyer see the horse. Mm-hmm. Um, Echo sees flashes from his past when confronting the monster, but I think that's also just like, a vision thing just in it's his just head. In black. Charlie has two dreams. Hurley has visions of Dave, but as far as we know, nobody else sees Dave. Um, dream, dream. But they see the shoes, right? Doesn't somebody else see the shoes? Oh, yeah. He's like, am I holding a flip-flop or something like that? And they say yes. Oh. So that's interesting. 
Locke has a vision quest in which he is guided by Boone and instructed to save Echo. Desmond has a series of flashes, but that's just premonitions. Echo has a confrontation with what he thinks is Yemi, but I don't think that anybody else sees him. Does anybody else ever see Yemi? I don't even remember who Yemi is. Echo's brother. I, I, Thanks, guys. I feel like somebody I feel like somebody else sees Yemi, but now I'm now I'm doubting that. Yeah. A young Ben sees his dead mother on the island. Uh-huh. Locke receives instructions from what appears to be a vision of Walt, telling him he has work to do. Hurley has several visions of Charlie, um, once in a convenience store, the LAPD interrogation room, and outdoors at the mental institution. On the island, he also sees Jacob's cabin. Michael has two separate visions of Libby. Both of these appearances are connected to his guilt over killing her. Off-island, Jack sees visions of his father. Claire... Ha- Seems to be able to talk to Christian, but it. But I'm pretty sure that's the man in black. Locke has a dream. Kate has a dream. Michael sees Christian, who tells him that he can go now. Oh, I remember that. But I think that's the man in black as well. Yeah. I, Hurley has a vision. I don't remember any of this. Hurley has a vision of Anna Lucia, where she tells him he has work to do as well. That's off island, though. Walt says he has a dream of Locke being on the island in a suit, surrounded by people who want to kill him. A dead Jacob appears to Hurley and tells him to go to the temple. The man in black and Sawyer see a young Jacob in the jungle. Right, right, right. So loophole Locke and Sawyer both see young Jacob. Okay. Hmm. Which we know isn't the man in black. And also Jacob is dead at that point. So like, I still don't really understand that one. Yeah. Some of this, I feel like there's a possibility that they didn't have the rules of this mapped out initially. And they kind of reverse engineered them as they went along. Yeah. Yep. And then the last two is Richard Alpert sees Isabella and Michael appears to Hurley to talk to him about being on being the whispers and such. Oof. That's a lot of visions. Mm -hmm. Fam. Hmm. Yeah. That's a lot of visions that <laughs> I have completely forgotten about. Okay, yeah. I think they just don't understand the rules at this point. Kate talks about, like, Jack, if you weren't here. And this is interesting because we kind of talked to Joe when we were doing the um, finale about how Anna Lucia is like, oh, do you want to switch? I hate, like, at the... We, I hate being at the back of the plane. And we thought, what if Anna Lucia and Jack switched? And we thought, you know, everything would be bad and things would not be as good. And so, like, if Jack weren't there, like, what would happen? That's a, Well, I think I think there's, there's two questions. I think there's a question of what would happen if Jack wasn't there. And there's a question of what would happen if Jack wasn't there and Anna Lucia was. And I think, right. I think the answer to that second question is essentially that like exactly what happened in the tail section would have happened in the front section, you know, like Saeed probably would have been the echo. Like she would have sort of built the same kind of, I think, dynamic as a leader that she did with those people. Um, right. I think if, if neither of them had been there, I would like to believe that Saeed would have taken charge. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah. So, okay, we kind of talked about the quarantine door, but that's just because like Desmond had this whole thing with Kelvin about how it was supposed to be like poison air and Kelvin was like secretly going outside. Yeah, it's the whole psychological mind of them trapping everybody in these, like in the stations that are just like elaborate psychological tests. Yeah. So it's just scares him into thinking he can't ever leave. Yeah. So at the beginning of the episode, like, you know, the injection is for, like, even though at this point, Desmond, you know, it's been a month since he killed Kelvin and crashed the plane, but he's, like, still taking these injections for some reason. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I mean, I think there's... I, they're mm-hmm. placebos. I think, yeah, yeah. yeah, I think there's something... I, I think the, the jump between, like, the... I think the key to the transition between Flashback Desmond and the Desmond that we meet, I think, is is the emotional and psychological toll that all of this 
like the, the, yeah, the injections, the lack of sleep, you know, all those things have taken on him over the course of all of this time and have turned him into this completely unstable, paranoid, unhinged person. And I think it, I think it makes sense why he couldn't like, like, even though he, even though he knows, like, you know, he knows he can go outside. Like, he know like there's, there's things he knows now that he didn't know before, but he's still, he's still enough unsure about like what happens if he breaks the rules and probably so f***ed up by the plane crashing. Like, I think, I think he feels like he has to kind of keep doing all these things because he doesn't really know what else to do. Yeah. I don't think Desmond even knows that he crashed the plane until the season finale. Oh, that's right. That's right. Right. Yeah. But, um, yeah, but like now I'm thinking about how like Kelvin was by him, like Radzinski killed himself and then Kelvin had to do it by himself, which like is not how it's supposed to go because like you're supposed to do it in, in, um, like shifts and so as soon as kelvin dies desmond now has to do it all by himself but now i'm thinking about kelvin and how kelvin wasn't going to just be like okay i have 108 minutes to get off the island and book it before desmond showed up as soon as desmond showed up he started being like now i will ditch desmond because i guess it's been so ingrained in his brain that like this button must continue to be pushed. Mm-hmm. So somebody yep. has to do it. And I don't care as long as it's not me. Yep. And what other purpose could he possibly serve? Yeah. Like mm-hmm. he's stuck there. Mr. Clux got hit by a meteorite. <laughs> and that's <laughs> true. <laughs> Rip Mr. Clux. Have a cluckety cluck cluck day. It happens in Trisha Tanaka is dead. Yeah. Have a cluckety cluck cluck day, Hugo. So yeah, yikes. Robin has a shirt that says that. Amazing. I sure do. Shout out Scott. Thank you for giving that to me. You're the best, Scott. the best, Scott. Uh, Locke takes off his shoes because he needs to tippy toe. Uh And key magnet. (laughs) Tippy toe makes me laugh. (laughs) The, the, the key goes and it's like kind of magnet, magnety. And you know, this is a whole season five thing about the electromagnetic thing and the Mm -hmm. incident. And, and it's a whole like crazy thing about how it's like, was the hatch made to like because of the incident and like is the bomb that you're dropping is that the incident or like are you like you know it's a whole thing in season five yeah time travel is confusing yes yeah also in i believe orientation which is the third episode but it could potentially be next episode we know that kate is actually in the vents during this whole time Mm -hmm. yeah and if you listen oh yeah after the music is on if you listen real close you can hear her screaming jack from the vents oh um and also like desmond like shoots up into that place and she's like yikes it like just misses her (laughs) and also yeah. Okay. So those are all my spoiler thoughts regarding the island. Does anybody want to say anything else about it before we move on to spo- to flashbacks? Um. No. Yeah. I think that's. I think that's all. I have some Desmond things, but they're probably more flashback okay. stuff. Yeah. Perfect. Okay. So yeah, Adam Rutherford dies, and in Shannon's episode abandoned that ends up being a whole thing where like now shannon shannon's terrible stepmother slash boone's mom sabrina won't give her any of the money that she was left in his will and this is this not cinderella like he's like yeah no literally yeah 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 oh i miss my dad my evil stepmother is the worst yeah yeah Yeah. and she i mean yeah she's so she's so horrible she's so horrible Mm. shannon yeah sarah sarah's here and also christian so like sarah and christian end up having a thing where like christian's going to meetings and Sarah's talking to him and beginning of season three Jack is like why is my wife calling you why is my wife having an affair with my dad and he's like she's literally not but okay (laughs) (laughs) that's not what's happening here and like then it turns out like you know in the hunting party which is like 
one of my least favorite Jack uh, flashbacks. It goes like Stranger to Strangeland, Hunting Party, and then like the rest of them, and then this one. <laughs> um, but like that's the one where he's like, oh, I'm gonna save your dad, beautiful lady. Oh, wait, never mind. I can't save your dad. Anyway, I'll kiss you even though I'm married. Yeah, that's... And then he's like, Ooh. that's a real not... Sorry, I kissed a lady. Good moment. Neat. <laughs> it's terrible. It's so bad. It's a bad moment. Yeah, okay, so we have this this scene with Kevin. So I kind of want to talk about Sarah and the men in her life. So first of all, she's going to marry Kevin, who is kind of garbagey. <laughs> yeah. And then she does marry Jack. You saw Kevin. Who's also pretty garbagey and <laughs> kind of garbagey yeah. then she ends Sorry, up jack. with this other dude who jack like just wants to know everything about but she's like no this is my life now and you know she ends up having a baby with this guy that i guess you know she probably loves and that's nice like finally she got a happy ending i'm happy for her yeah her life didn't suck yeah like it could be worse she could as much as it originally did she might, like, if she wasn't, yeah, healed. She could be, um, yeah, exactly. But, She's right. Okay, so Desmond's training for a race, and we know that's, like, the reason why he ends up going to the island, and Libby's the one who gave him the boat, and it's, like, a whole thing, and the reason why he says brother is because he was a monk, and seeing another life is a whole thing, and this whole thing with Penny that happens before, it's great. Claire, you have thoughts, go. Okay, so, um... So, so the thing that I was trying to like talk around without giving too much of it away is like part of the reason that I buy Desmond as a person who would immediately be like, let me help you win a lady. Like I can tell that you're having lady problems. Like it, I feel like it all tracks with what we know of his relationship with Penny. Like, mm-hmm. like his, how single-minded he is in like in pursuing her and continuing to try to like win her back, trying to like prove himself worthy of her. Like he's so, he's such a romantic. And, you know, and I think that, that the, the way that he kind of engages with, um, with Jack in this moment, I think is so like, when, like once you know about Penny and you sort of know, you know, about their relationship and what a huge force in, you know, in his life she is, I think it, I think it makes total complete logical sense that that he would sort of I, graft that onto what he like this random stranger that he that he meets jogging you know um, yeah. like like I I assume yeah. that you too are a man whose entire life is shaped by the desire to win the heart of a good woman right yes <laughs> are, are, aren't we all okay anyway you know but, like let me help you do it like yeah me with um, so so I like um, and that's one of the things that I that I really love about you know, about Desmond is I think, I think it's really remarkable to have a character who's so, who's like, whose trajectory is so shaped by like such a sort of like overt emotional romanticism, you know, like sort of the, the, the desire to get back to the woman that he loves where the woman is also like a person and not an object, you know, like it's, like it's yeah. not in in a way that like isn't necessarily true. And I'm like I know like I know that obviously they took her name from the Odyssey. But the difference is in the Odyssey is that Penelope is a really static character. Like she gets she doesn't get a ton of agency. Everything that she does that's kind of interesting is mostly reactive to men. Mm-hmm. And you know and so like Odysseus like you know sailing the world like Penelope is like a symbol of like the you know the home and the world that he's trying to get back to like returning to Ithaca and and meanwhile all Penelope gets to do with her day is like spin this increasingly complicated web of lies to like fend off suitors, which isn't very interesting, you know? So what I like about Desmond and Penny is that we get that same kind of like grand mythical 
like love as like love is a force that is literally stronger than time you know like like love is a thing yeah. that you hold on to that is that is your mathematical constant in like in the middle of a time travel crisis you know like it's the it's the thing that is stronger than all the forces of the universe has put together. And I think that having that in a story about a man that's that in touch with his own kind of emotions and, and heart, I think that's kind of extraordinary. Um, like to give that that level of sort of emotional vul- vulnerability to a male character and have a male character be kind of primarily romance driven, I really like. Um, and I also like that it, the way that it sort of fits into these kind of mythical, you know, the sort of the Penelope archetype is that she also gets to be an extremely nuanced and complicated person. Mm-hmm. Like they don't always pass the Bechdel test, but yeah. they sure do let their dudes cry. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. And it's like, crap, I'll take it if I have to. And the, the women are amazing. I just wish that they got to talk to each other more. Yeah, exactly. And like, yeah. Penny and Desmond is one of the like undisputed. I would say that the two ships on Lost that are like undisputed. If you don't ship it, I'm judging you. <laughs> Desmond and Penny and Bernard and Rose. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, you can yep. have some side ships if you want. For me, it's Desmond and Charlie for some reason. But like, I'm Desmond and Saeed, so <laughs> yeah, I feel you. Okay, yeah, <laughs> sure. <laughs> they got up to something on that ship. Penny and literally any of the other women. Just pick one. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. But Good. yeah, they're just incredible. Good. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I love that. And this is like what we were, like what we were talking about, you know, 14 hours ago about, about Westworld, (laughs) like, like, like Desmond and Penny is a perfect example of the thing. And, and, you know, with a constant too, like the thing that makes Desmond's storyline so special is both that, you know, like the, like you get that sort of like crazy kind of like time travel, you know, mystery and it, and, and he's at the vortex of so many of the different storylines, like, you know, with, with the others and with the Dharma initiative and, you know, and with the whatever crazy electromagnetic is happening on the Island, like he's tied into so much of the, like the big crazy mythology stuff, but also the arc is so like at its, at its core, it's about how much he loves this woman, you know? And that's the difference between, you know, having like a time travel, storyline or a what is this elaborate psychological experiment that this man is part of storyline like like if you separate out penny from that i'm in instantly i'm like a hundred percent less interested in anything Mm. happening with that plot that's and it's like so few tv romances are written to be like that impactful to the overall plot that ties into the mythology and the fact that this one is and the fact that they're both such Mm non-toxic characters makes it a little revolutionary. Oh yeah. Yeah. And and just that like that it's I mean, it's 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 iconic. Like before I before I knew hardly anything at all about Lost coming into it, like this was like this was the OTP that I mm-hmm. knew. You know, like this was like you know, yeah. not just because it, not just because of Ian, you know, just that, like because there's so much crossover, obviously, of like Kane and Abby shippers with Desmond and Penny shippers for like all kinds of obvious reasons, but just because it's like this yeah. is like even even for people who don't like like show like people who don't necessarily identify primarily as like mm-hmm. a shipper as like shipping is like their their main way of engaging with the story like still it's like this is a relationship and and him as a character are like you know in everybody's like top list and I think that's I think that's amazing you know and I mean the constant is considered yes. one of the best television episodes yes, ever yes. made like unequivocally 
not even like as conjecture. It literally is. It hits every single one of yeah. critic lists. Is yeah. I mean, like I like if I if I see a list of best ever episodes of television that doesn't have that on it, I sidetrack that list immediately. I'm just like, mm, really? <laughs> yep. I always look for Battlestar Galactica's 33, and I look for the constant. Mm. And if they're not on there, I'm like, this isn't a reliable list. Yeah, like this list is stupid. Yeah. Um, no, but it really is, and I and I think that it. Um, I think it goes to show how much there is to Desmond as a character that like, you know, like, so he's, so he's introduced in this episode and we get a little bit more of him in the next episode, maybe two. And then he's gone like the rest of the season, which I remember being extremely bitter at Robin about because I felt like I had been misled. I I felt like I had been given to understand that like, once you see Ian, then you get Ian forever. And I was like, well, that's stupid. But, uh, you know, so, so like he, he's never at a like Jack Kate level of, of ubiquitous continual presence, you know, but, but every episode he's in and every storyline that he's in, he's wonderful. And, and he brings out new, the way he gets integrated with the rest of the Island group brings out so many new shades in all of Mm -hmm. them, Charlie and Claire in particular. But yeah, I just, I think he's just like, I think he's just a a really extraordinary television character. And and it is absolutely evident on every level why both he and that relationship are as popular as they are. And this introduction is like absolutely worthy of him. And I have to say like the scene before this one in Desmond's perspective is like one of my favorite scenes of the, of season two, because he he has that moment where, where she says, what are you running from? And he says, I have to get my honor back. And that's what I'm running to. And that is, is like one of my favorite lines in the whole show. It's so good. Like I, I it always like <laughs> every time there's like those iconic lines, I always like start almost start like tearing up because I'm always just like that's my show. That's like this is it. Yeah. Oh, so good. So good. Um, you got any more? I don't think so. Okay. We covered a lot of ground. Yeah, <laughs> we sure freaking did. <laughs> Ground covered. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it totally was. Claire, thank you so much for coming on the pod. Yay! Thanks, Thanks for having Claire. me. This is so much fun. Um, you um, should like come back. <laughs> oh, I, I totally want to. I think I'm I'm back for another Desmond episode, right? Yeah, you sure are. Flashes before your eyes in season three. Nice. Which is which and is then... in my top three of episodes for the entire show, and then I'm back for season something yeah. in season six, right? The one I wanted I couldn't get, but I picked the one before it or after mm. it. I forget which one. Did you want the constant? No. Well, I I no. knew that was off limits. I I assumed <laughs> that Sam would get that one. Yeah, I was gonna say Sam sniped that from you. I was about to say. Yeah, the only other one I have for you is what they died for. Yes, yes, that's the one which that is I want. Second last. Yes. That yeah, that one's yeah. really good. Yes. But, I mean, feel free to pick a season four or season five. Oh, okay. Oh, cool. Okay. Okay. Um, do you want to give us your social medias one more time? Yes. Um, follow me on Twitter at, at Kane and Griffin for fandom screaming, at Claire Willett for writing and politics screaming. You can buy my book, The Rewind Files, on Amazon. Yes. Oh, my God. Buy her book. It's so, it's so good. good. I cried. Oh, thanks, God. And I'm working on a second and a third one now, which is why I'm currently in California. And listen to Metastation, which is on SoundCloud and at Metastation100 on the Twits. Yeah, yeah. like if you're tired of our idiocy... Move over to some smart people, you know. (laughs) Pod squad. Hashtag pod squad. I love what you tweeted recently, Claire. It's just like we both podcast about literally the same episode of The 100, but like we 
still find different things to talk about. Yeah, I love that. I think yeah. it's so I think it's incredible. And like and you know, and we're friends with people who review the show and like like eight super smart people can all like watch the same episode of the hundred and everyone picks out a different thing out of it. And part of that is because like the show does that. But I also just think that like we all have really different brains and different like experiences in television. And I just think that's like super cool. Yeah. You can follow me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey. That's our You can cut me out of that, but it's a, it's a song in my head. I will say it out loud randomly. Cute. Well, that's my thing is it's just like no one will ever forget how to spell my name. I will never forget. now it's a song. It's branded in my brain. It's not E-R-Y. I'll kill you if you write E-R-Y. Well, don't do that, okay? Yeah. R-U-I. You can follow me on Twitter at Britannia, which is B-R-I-T-T-A-N-I-A with an underscore at the end. And you can follow at The Aficionados on Twitter, Facebook, Tumblr, Instagram, YouTube. Um, yep. Good one, bud. And our Patreon. I hate you. And our Patreon is patreon.com slash the aficionados. If you have a spend dollar, we would really appreciate it because hosting three podcasts is surprisingly expensive. It's expensive. Please help. (laughs) Okay, love you. Bye. (laughs) Okay, love you. Bye. Love you. Bye. I'm going to fix you. This is the spoiler section for episode 202, Adrift, featuring Drew. Spoilers, spoilers, gonna talk spoilers. I'm excited to talk spoilers, guys. Welcome to the spoiler section. Oh my god, finally. Yeah. Okay, so tell me about the shark. Oh yes, go ahead, Drew. Yeah, you tell the story. Okay, so the shark has a uh, Dharma emblem uh, on the side of its, it's like on the back of its fin. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, in the back half, and um, there is—I forget what the actual station is called. It was the yeah, the um, the Hydra. Yeah, the Hydra that uh, the others take. Uh, Jack at the beginning well, is, of the, season three. Yeah, yeah, well, like that's where they take okay. Jack and Sawyer and yes. uh, Kate too. And there is a uh, like a, a oh, marine. Is that where the bear cages yes. are? Yeah, with like the bear cages, and there's a marine tank. And that uh, held a shark, and I think still holds a shark. I don't possibly does okay. it in the video. In the video game, there was a shark. I feel like there was. Oh, a shark. okay. Well, yeah, but a lot of that is in the place, a lot of that is like. Sorry, go ahead. Uh, wonky. <laughs> sorry, uh, you guys are hilarious. A lot of a lot of lost Vietnamese is a lot of like yeah. weird canon stuff. Yeah, where some of it is canon and some of it is not. Um, it scared me. You're a big baby, so that's not hard. I had to get my friend to finish it for me because I was too spooked out. I love Lost Viadomus because on the show, it's like, hey, let's walk into the jungle. And on uh, Viadomus, it's like, hey, what if the jungle was the most terrifying experience of your life? Literally. It's so (laughs) scary. It's so scary. It is so dark in the jungle. It's so dark. I've never played this game, but it kind of sounds like Slenderman could be in that job. Oh, yes. don't say that. It was, it's scary. It's a scary <laughs> game. Like, and also they have like this it creepy is. hatch. And like, if you go in it, then like, there's like, you have to like, I think if I remember correctly, it's been a while because it scared me. So I never played it again. Um, But there's like a hatch and you have to like blow it open. But it's like 
within like a it's like like the way the staff is where you have to like go underneath underground before you even get to the door and it like you can hear like the little drips of like like the the roof like dripping and i'm like hard pass on this one (laughs) it's like it's like somebody went hey what if silent hill but lost Uh, yo that absolutely makes perfect sense. <laughs> it was really scary. And like you go into the jungle and it's like you're immediately in the dark territory. Like immediately yeah. where the where the oh monster dear. is. You have to hide in the banyan trees. But like they're like, ooh, when you don't hear the monster anymore, you can run. But you always hear the monster. <laughs> so you can't ever run? Yeah. Oh my god. I'm still mad about it. It's such a Do the sharks do anything in the game? It attacks you, I think. What? Like you're going you're like walking along the tank. And the shark, I, if I remember correctly, the shark jumps out and tries to grab you. Um, dick shark. <laughs> call out post, you're a jerk. <laughs> yeah, call out post to that shark in particular. <laughs> but like, the weird part about Las Viadomas is that like a, like, a few of the characters are played by like their actual actors. Like some of the actual actors like went and like did voices, but some of them sound completely wrong. What? Who did the voices? Hold up. Let me get a... I want to play I'm, this game now, and there's no way for me to play this game. I have the game. You totally can play it. There's, like, there's like Native American John Locke in this game, and it's the weirdest thing I've... What? <laughs> How? What? This game sounds like a ride. <laughs> it is. It really is. <laughs> when did this game come out? Um... After... I think it was just after the third season. It was announced okay. in 2006. It was released in 2008. Yeah, because it only tracked, like, the first three seasons. And they were like, let's make the most terrifying game possible. And someone was like, that sounds like a fun <coughs> idea. <laughs> the game had uh, Yoonjin Kim, Emily DeRevan, yeah, Michael Emerson. Michael Emerson, And right. uh, MC <gasps> Ganey. Emerson. I love MC Ganey. Uh, and Divoff, and yeah, Henry Ian Cusick. Wait, 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 wait. This just changed the whole game yeah. for me. Yep. Ian's in that game? Yeah. I gotta play that game. And then they have, like, random people to play everybody else. I need to tell everyone that Ian's in a video game. Yeah. This is very important. Dude, I have this game. Information. Like, we can we can well, play I, it. I'm very excited about And then there's, like, actual this. flashbacks, too. Like, it's dope. Oh, yeah. It's just oh, that's scary. Cool. So whoever, like, made... Whoever made this game actually really cared a lot yeah. about Lost. Yeah. That's really cool. Um, okay, so let's talk about things that actually happened in the <laughs> So, okay, let's talk about the island hatch and stuff first. So we see the logo. Obviously, the logo ends up being really important. And there's like a bunch of different logos for all the different stations and such. But this is the swan. And the swan was like made by Rudzinski and such. All this stuff about Rudzinski. And Desmond says, are you him? Which in the season two finale, Kelvin asks Desmond if he is him. And the him is, are you my replacement? Oh, yeah. yeah, and the replacement okay. is just apparently never coming. Just never coming. <laughs> like, why did the replacement never come? Though I don't, I don't think um, it's really clear. Like, what the operations of the Dharma Initiative are like present day, or if they're even still operating. Well, okay. The only yeah. thing we really know about this is that they keep getting like food drops, and then in the actual literal epilogue, then we like see the people who are still making the food drops, and then like De- Ben comes in and he's like. Hey, by the way, you guys don't have to do this anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But like, who's paying them? No idea. Like, we know the Hanso Foundation had something to do with it, but that's it. Like, are they still paying for it? 
So would it be fair to say that maybe Des being trapped down there was a psychological experiment and he would never escape? Okay. Well, first of all, it was never supposed to be Desmond. Right. Yeah. It was supposed to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was Kelvin and Radzinski originally. And Radzinski thought that they were actually doing like yeah. actual electromagnetic research. But then when they went into the Pearl, then there were like screens broadcasting what they were doing in the swan. So they thought, oh, this must be like an experiment. But then Mm -hmm. they were like, oh, all the people who are in the Pearl have to write down what their findings are and put them in this like little plastic tube thing that like shoots everything up. And then later they found out that like all the tubes and all the notebooks they had written were going nowhere. Like, to the, like, garbage. Like, it's just in this giant pile on the island. So, we, like, honestly, I'm not even clear as to what the heck was going on there. Well, like, the this, this show overall yeah, seems wow. to imply that, like, the Dharma Initiative stopped running things in the last 10 to 15 years. Because. Right. Yeah. Because of the incident. Well, yeah, the incident and also that Kelvin signed up with the Dharma Initiative, which uh-huh. would place it somewhere after. Uh, that Saeed flashback. Yeah, the Gulf War, which was early right. 90s. Mm-hmm. Which, yeah. Brittany, just so you know, because I know you've forgotten, so I just want to clarify for you. Kelvin was in a Saeed flashback this season, and then he's going to show up on the island. And we're like, what? That's the same guy. <laughs> Bold of you to assume that I even remember who Kelvin is. He's the guy who... <laughs> friggin' bold. Who was... Desmond killed him. Wait, oh wait, is that the the one that he killed when he like gets outside and sees the boat and stuff? Yeah. yeah. Ha, ha, I remembered a thing. <laughs> Otherwise known as the time okay. that Desmond killed Krusty Krab. There you go. Yeah. Wait, what? The the guy that voices, the guy that plays uh, Calvin voiced Mr. Krabs on Spongebob Squarepants. No way. <laughs> of course. <laughs> That's fantastic. Thank you for this tidbit. <laughs> That's what I'm here for. Like, when you listen to him talk, you're like, yeah, I can see that guy being Mr. Krabs. <laughs> Desmond killed Mr. Krabs! <laughs> I've never been more proud of my boy than in this moment. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Desmond tells the snowman thing, and the time when we figure out what the actual answer is, I'm pretty sure, like, Desmond is drunk at the end of this season, and then Locke is like, hey, by the way, what the heck? That's what happened. Yeah. Wait, is that when Desmond walks off? Because he's been, like, drinking heavily? Well, he ran away, and then he, like, showed back up, and they were like, oh my god, it's a boat! But it was just Desmond's just boat. just Desmond. And he was drunk inside. Desmond was like, what's up, guys? Nothing hey. means anything! <laughs> I'm stuck in a snow globe. They say the plane crash was 44 days ago, and Desmond's like, huh, something catastrophic happened 44 days ago. It's probably unrelated. Charlie with the Virgin Mary we know he's gonna have a lot of trouble with that will it come in handy maybe not there's drugs in there okay they talk about like is anybody sick and that's like a whole Danielle Rousseau type of thing but also Desmond was told by Kelvin that that it was like you have to wear a suit outside because the air is toxic why was Desmond told that just so that he wouldn't go outside and see him Pottering working around the, the island? Working on the boat. Okay, well, yeah. That, yeah, and like, just because he wanted to make sure he stayed in there so that he could get away. Yeah, but, but also the hatch says quarantine on it. Well, yeah. And and they have uh, the pneumatic injectors. So like, 
was that all part of like the psychological experiment was to trick them into thinking that like the world was over? That's my question as well. And I can't remember if in the season two finale, if Kelvin says like, oh, I was told this and then I realized that it wasn't true or if like he always knew it wasn't true. I'm not sure. I feel like he didn't know it wasn't always true because I feel like some part of him broke after he found that out and he decided he was going to get off the island. Right. I think maybe Redzinski told him. Yeah. Like before he killed himself. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Like imagine uh, like discovering that basically like what you think is your life's purpose is a lie. Right. Mm-hmm. Moving on to the raft, we see the shark and we've kind of talked about the shark already, but yeah, like where Jack is held at the beginning of season three is like the place where they would like flood it with water and the shark would like hang out there while they did yeah. experiments on it. And like it even floods like while they're in there at the beginning of season two. Or season Wait, three. okay. So which station is that? Did you say it was the swan? No, the hydra. The hydra, yeah. Oh, th- it's the, the one s- on the other island. Oh, right. Duh. Okay. So what's the one that Charlie dies in? Duh. Charlie dies Hydra? in the looking glass. Why are all the, what's up with all the water names? Oh, Be- it's not Because like, they yeah. have water. Shut things. up. Okay. Shut up. Because one of them is under, they're both underwater. That is why. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? You come in here with all your facts and your logic. Uh-huh. It's just not nice. Oh, I was going to be like, is that the end of the sentence? The next one is that Sawyer talks about how the boat is from the island, which sure is. Uh-huh. It sure is. What a smart man that man is. Yeah. And that Sawyer will never care, will never know, like, what it's like to care for anybody else. How dare you? First of all, Sawyer has a daughter. So, frick you. Yo, forgot about Thanks. that. Thanks. Like, <laughs> okay, now I just, like, made a connection that we need to talk about now. Because Michael has been an absent father his whole life because he didn't want, because, even though he didn't want to be. Sawyer has been an absent father his whole life, but he's distanced himself from his daughter. Yeah. Thoughts? I don't know. This whole Sawyer daughter thing always felt very um, clumsy to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. So my thoughts on that are more like, well, this was a stupid plot line that maybe never should have happened. Oh, sorry. You're talking about all this Clementine stuff? Yeah. I think, I think yes. I think that him having a daughter was really important because of like what happens in season four where like that's like he jumps out of the helicopter and tells Kate like like take make sure my daughter is okay take care of my daughter and stuff Mm -hmm. you know and I think pretty sure he like talks about it at some point and it's like a big monologue for him or something. But isn't that just like absolutely like not a thing in the flash sideways? No it's fully not a thing in the flash. Yeah it's just completely ignored. Yeah, so, like, how important was that to his character if they don't even bother to include in the Flash Sideways? Or, as I assume, ever tell Juliet about? Oh. I assume that Juliet knows about it. But, yeah, we never hear... He never talks about it. But, I mean, you know, we skipped over three years, so... I mean, for sure, but you'd think, like, at some point, someone would bring it up, like, at all. (laughs) Right. I don't know. It just always bothered me a little bit. No, I feel you. They get back to the island and they call the island home. Don't really is. need to talk about it. Just like a that that's an important thing to bring up. It is and old. we learn that Jin has found the others, but they're not the others. They're just the tailies. Mm. Oh, forgot about that. And we see Adewale playing Echo, but the rest of those extras like don't look like Cindy. Don't even look like Bernard. Don't look like Libby. So, eh. Yeah. Oh, well. Oh, uh, can I can I backtrack real quickly? Yes, of course. So I found this. I saw this on uh, Lost Media earlier. I meant to mention it. During the uh, literary yeah. stuff, but uh, when Sawyer's talking about getting shot by uh, Tom Friendly and getting Walt kidnapped, Bluebeard yeah. is a uh, reference to a French folktale. 
Uh-huh. Which um, tells a story of a, a wealthy, violent man in the habit of murdering his wives and the attempts of uh, one wife to avoid basically being killed. Oh, my God. <laughs> and then Friendly's gay. <laughs> <laughs> Plot twist. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. That's dark. <laughs> And has, has no relevance here, but I just wanted to mention it. No, that was interesting. Okay, but like, did Sawyer actually mean Bluebeard, or was he just like, gonna say Blackbeard, but then messed up his colors? <laughs> Do you know how badly <laughs> I want it to be that one? Yeah. He wouldn't, though. That boy is well-read. I have a question about Susan. You have a question about Susan? I have a question about Susan, and I can't remember if we brought this up on the special episode or not, but do you guys think that Susan's death was the work of Jacob? Because it really came on quickly, and it was the only way that he could get Walt and Michael on the island together. Possibly. If so, that's dark as hell. Yeah, I wouldn't put it past Jacob, though. Would it also would it also be like a byproduct of uh, Walt's special abilities? Because like that scene that uh, yeah. scene coincides with like him making birds crash against the window. Right. Yeah. And then like right after that, doesn't she like begin to feel pain in her chest or something? Yeah. Yeah. Hmm yikes oh you know what i think brock brought that up he was our um guest for that episode yeah and he said like like did walt kill susan we were like whoa (laughs) but But i i I like the idea that it could have been jacob yeah i really like that idea that would make me feel better (laughs) it was yeah and that and it's just it seems like something dickish that jacob would do to get to you know basically put his chess pieces where he wanted them to be yeah Mm -hmm. um should we do our final outro then yeah cool Drew, thank you so much for being on the podcast with us. Yeah, seriously. You're very welcome. It, like I said before, was a blast. Yay. It was fun to snark around. I like it. <laughs> Did you want to remind us one more time where we can find you on the internet? Yeah. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at uh, the Drew Koenig and uh, my podcast at Lost Cause Pod and at 10 Ducks. And if you're, I forgot to mention this earlier, but uh, if you're so inclined, read some of my stuff at uh, Hidden Remote and Telltale TV. Wait, <laughs> I knew you it. write it Telltale? Yeah. I write it Telltale. <laughs> <laughs> this is the Britney looks stupid hour. All right. Okay. <laughs> I would argue that every Stop! hour. Okay. <laughs> wow, big mood. Okay. Um, uh, you can follow me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey. That's R-O-B-Y-N-E-J-E-F-F-R-E-Y. Pretty much everywhere. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Britannia, which is B-R-I-T-T-A-N-I-A with an underscore at the end. And you can follow at the Aficionados on Twitter, Facebook, Tumblr, Rebel, YouTube, uh, but mostly Twitter. Our Patreon is patreon.com slash the Aficionados. If you have a spare dollar to donate, we would really appreciate it. It's super easy. Okay, love you, bye. Okay, love you, bye. I like you all up. Drew yeah. likes you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, bye. Thank you for what? This is the spoiler section for episode 203, Orientation, featuring Andy. Spoilers, spoilers, gonna talk spoilers. Oh my god, now we get to talk about spoilers. <laughs> Yay, spoilers! Finally! Finally! Okay, so Andy, you are known on Tumblr to have a controversial <laughs> opinion that you yeah, do not like Charlie. Right. Like, Go show on. your work. Okay, so quick, quick little side note. So one of my friends, who is one of my long-term friends from The Lost Phantom on Tumblr, um, I told him I was going to do this podcast, and I was really excited. Yeah. And 
Um, let me just say that he loves Charlie and we have mm. like clashed over this multiple yeah. times. And he was like, okay, whatever you do, you can't talk about Charlie. And I was like, mm, I cannot guarantee that yeah. that's going to happen. <laughs> cause it is always what I bring up. Well, like, I think it's crazy. Cause like, I love Charlie season one. I love Charlie season three. I don't claim Charlie season two, but you love oh Charlie all the way through or you, sorry, you hate Charlie all the way <laughs> like, through, right? Yeah, 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 correct. Okay. Would you like to talk about it? You don't have to. But oh man. To. I mean, I, it's, I can, I almost just want to like link to my little novel I have about it. Cause I, <laughs> I literally typed out like a novel on this. Spark but notes. He just, oh my God. I, I literally want to strangle him. And, like, I want to reach into my TV and strangle him. Like, pretty much every one of his scenes. He drives me crazy. Can you like, give us, like, an example of one of the scenes that you really, like, dislike the most? Okay, so... Is it fire and water? <laughs> She's like, hang on, yeah, I'm prepared. I'm like, I'm so prepared. <laughs> fire and water. <laughs> it's actually not. Oh, wow. Um, The one... That's one of the first ones that really gets me, and par- partially, like, this is because, and I forgot to mention her earlier, but she's totally an honorable mention for one of my favorite characters, but Danielle, mm. who is really underrated, mm. and I know she's obviously yeah. not one of the, you know, main people, but I mm-hmm. love Danielle so much. <laughs> so, like, any scene she's in, I'm automatically, like, on her side. But, um, yeah, one of the first... God, you're valid. Um, one of the first ones that I really get aggravated at him is um, Exodus. Um, yeah. When... Charlie goes to save Aaron because Danielle had taken him, which I'm not obviously like condoning that. Like it was, it was not good. It was not smart, but she was not in the right mind place. Like she, she had lost her child. They took her baby. So she's like, here's my way to get her back. You know? Yeah. People make bad decisions when they're emotional. In the moment. Yeah. So, but oh my God, I just can't stand the scene where Charlie goes to her and he just, oh my God, I just, I'm getting like worked up. I can't even say it. Like he basically attacks her and yeah. I'm like, she's already, she's so fragile. She's like having like a breakdown and he's just yelling at her. And I'm like, thank God for Saeed. Cause he jumps in I'm like, it's like the saving grace of that scene. Cause I just get so angry. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> my, my <laughs> blood pressure right now is like through the roof, just talking about it. Like I just, Oh my God. But there are just so many things. Like, he just, I don't like how possessive he is over Claire. Fair. He's so possessive. And, like, there's no reason to be, really. And, like, I just, I think he's a horrible friend to Hurley. Like, it just, it kills me that people are like, oh, my God, Hurley and Charlie, like, they're best friends. (laughs) It's such a good friendship. And I'm like, do you watch the show? Like, are you seeing these scenes that I'm seeing? Like, how is this, like, a healthy friendship to you? Because he's, like, he, like, tears Hurley down all the time. And, like, oh, God, I just... I never thought about that, but yeah, wow. I just need to breathe. Like, when I watch the scenes, I just get angry. Like, I skip a lot of them. Lucky, you know? Luckily, he's not in this episode. <laughs> I know. I was like, okay, this is good. <laughs> <laughs> so how do you feel about Greatest Hits? Uh, I mean, you know, of his episodes, it's my favorite, obviously. Uh, yes. Just because it's a good episode. Agree. Like, just, you know, plot-wise, everything, mm-hmm. it's, it's a very good episode. But, uh, you know, it's never going to rank as one of my favorites. Right. It's Charlie. (laughs) But no, it is a good episode. I I admit that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) With regret. (laughs) Um, This is fascinating because I can absolutely see like where you're coming from, especially with um, Hurley and Charlie. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Because people always talk about like, you know, what a great friendship they have. And I don't know if that's overly established for me, like just in general. Mm -hmm. Um, I feel like they spend more time at odds or on uneven footing than they do as bros. 
Right. And like, it's funny that the next episode you guys are doing, that's another one of those where I have very strong feelings about Charlie and Charlie mm-hmm. in that episode with the food. Cause it's like, you know, I get that Charlie wants the peanut butter for Claire, obviously. Like, that's a big thing for them. Yeah. You know, he wants to give her the peanut butter. I get it. But, like, he is so, like, just straight up mean to Hurley. Like, it's like, oh, you're you're with the man now or whatever. And I'm like, do you not act like a 10-year-old? Like, Hurley is under, like, so much stress. <laughs> Sorry, I probably shouldn't be talking about this one. Um, yeah, you can. It's a spoiler section. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, sure. We can talk about everything. Okay, okay. So, that's good. Um. But yeah, no, I just, it makes me so angry in that episode, too. I just, I get so bad. I get so bad, you guys. You don't even know. I'm getting so worked out. Okay, we'll stop talking about it. We'll stop talking okay. about it. Okay. Um, okay, so I'm just going to go through some of my spoiler thoughts. Okay. okay. So starting with the raft storyline, they get put in the pit, and a lot of this is exposition from the other 48 days. Yeah. Um, but Anna Lucia dug the pit herself and then put Nathan in it. So it's funny that Anna Lucia is like, I'm stuck in this pit. And she made it herself. <laughs> she dug it herself. I love oh, her. No. Okay. Just a quick question. Pit. Do you guys watch Parks yeah. and Rec? Yeah. <laughs> like, I just like, I just started rewatching it and it's just like, anytime somebody says the pit, I just keep like singing the pit song in my head. I fell, I in, fell the in the pit. Okay. Anyway, just had to get that out. <laughs> God, you're valid. Oh, uh, Sawyer calls Anna sister, which I think is gross considering they do it later. Yeah. Oh my god, I totally forgot about that. Uh, yeah, that's one of my least favorite things about Anna Lucy. That's kinda, like the thing that really solidified my not liking her. I kind of try not to think about it, not because I don't like her, just because yeah. it was not a good, I don't know, it just didn't. That's well, not think, a good combo of people. Yeah. I think I've said it before, and like, you know, once again, internalized misogyny, but her like, manip- like having sex with him as manipulation is like, so abhorrent, but then you're like, but what has Sawyer been doing his whole life? Exactly. You know? And we're just like, eh. Right. He's a hot dude, you know? <laughs> So I get it. We let men um, get away with the same crap that we would never let women get away with. Totally. She says that she woke up underwater, which I believe is actually true. Mm-hmm. Michael asks her if she's seen Walt and she like has that moment that we were kind of discussing, right? Right. So when I was rewatching this uh, uh, this afternoon, I was watching it and I know and I realized she's like, oh, my God, the others took his child. Right. And what happened in the other 48 days immediately? Who were the first people to be taken? Zach and Emma, the kids. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's right. So she is piecing that together like literally it, yeah. right there. Yeah. She's just like, huh, checks out, right? Right. Yeah. Um, the only other thing I have from this flat, uh, the um, 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 Raft storyline is that she steals the gun and you can already see that she's a cop. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Like she's Legit. so, like she knows how to use that thing and she uses it like, like to, to protocol, you know? She uses it like a pro. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so those are all my raft thoughts. Did you guys have any more raft thoughts for spoilers? Mm. No, other than I love her so much more than, like, I thought I would. Okay, good. Good, good, good. Like, she's an icon. Also, mm. to me, she's very queer-coded. Like, I feel like she's she's a character who should have, like, if this show was brave, like, maybe could have been queer. I've seen a lot of people, oh, like, headcanon her, yeah. Yeah. Because Michelle Rodriguez emanates it. She does. Well, she is queer, so that <laughs> yeah, would make sense. Yeah, exactly. Right. So she's just like, please make me queer. And they're like, no. Like, Like, have you seen her in that new trailer, Widows? Where she's Mm -hmm. like, I'm married to a man. And I was like, "Mm." (laughs) 
sounds wrong. Like, but nope. Whatever. It doesn't seem realistic, but all right. <laughs> I guess. Yeah. I'm just really excited to like her. Yeah. I feel like I've wanted to like her this whole time and I just haven't. So she, I'm excited. She's amazing. It's though. time for you to b- embrace her badassness. Yeah. <laughs> embrace Anna Lucia. So uh, for, let's go to the flashes, actually. Helen. She, they, they, they are together. <laughs> and then he proposes, but because he was with his dad again. Like, she finds him in a hotel with his dad, and so she refuses his proposal. Oh my god, I didn't realize we were going to be talking about this. I'm getting really upset. (laughs) (laughs) And then in Life and Death of Jeremy Betham, he's like, let's find Helen, and she died! I forgot she died? Legitimately, like, blocked the Life and Death of Jeremy Betham out of my head. (laughs) Like, it's so traumatic. (laughs) What in the heck in heck? I forgot she died. She fully died. I was like in denial for a long time. I'm like, maybe they just showed him this grave, like just to like make him realize oh. like he can't have any ties and like, yeah, you know, like I was in denial yeah. for years. That's a fair thing to think though. Yeah. Yeah. That like someone like Widmore would be like, let's make a grave. Yeah. I thought yeah. that for a while. And then I was like, okay, okay I will right, accept All right. <laughs> Grudgingly. Yeah. Well, I think I think that's probably like part of the reason why he chooses to kill himself. Exactly. Too is like, like knowing that the person that he loved is gone. And like right. what's left for him at that point. Yeah. Right. Oh my god. Anyway, sad. Uh at least they're like happy and together in the flash sideways. That's true. Uh, I live for it. Yeah, they're so happy in the flash sideways. I'm happy. Oh. I love the flash sideways so much. Okay, just saying. Did you? Oh, I'm so glad. Season six is honestly probably my favorite season. Same. Good. Like, it's, legitimately. I, like, it, it does every part of the show justice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anthony Cooper says, do you think you're the first person to ever get conned? <laughs> and I'm like, this is foreshadowing. They're telling us oh, who true. he is right yeah. now. Yeah. They're telling us he's Sawyer right now. Con man. Confidence man. They've literally been using this to talk about Sawyer this whole time. And it's so funny because I never put it together until... No. <laughs> like, the break. No. I was like, oh, my God. Like, imagine, like, people... I mean, I, if, I guess, like, basically, like, Joe writing meta yeah. about this and <laughs> yeah. being like, oh, yeah, it's it's Sawyer. And um, I would it would have had my mind blown. Yeah. Okay, so the hatch. There's a lot here. Uh, oh, I like that place. <laughs> Kate is in the armory. The armory ends up kind of being like a prison. It's like where they keep all the Virgin Mary dolls, like or like the yeah. And I this guess. is that I love how I, I'm assuming you guys have probably like whatever read or seen the bonus features, but I love how they talk about yeah. how they had to expand the armory so much because it started out as yeah. like a closet, and then they're like, oh no, we're gonna have other stuff happening here. We need a bigger room. Yeah. <laughs> but like here, you can see how small it is. It's just like a little. yeah i never picked up on that that's hilarious (laughs) okay this is me just going like way too far into it which i always do but like this one a little bit more than usual probably kate's like where's the front door and he's like oh it's right over there the wheel sticks so the wheel the wheel and like who was it ben first or no Locke first and he like had a hard time getting it going right yeah oh i never really thought about that oh my god i never thought about that I don't, I don't think that's anything at all, but I just wanted to point it out. Right, but just, like, kind of a neat little, like, That's probably thing. just some words, but. Yeah. Um, cool, uh, so Desmond went on a race around the world to get Widmore to like him so he could marry Penny. Mm. And on <laughs> uh, Libby's boat. Uh, the Elizabeth. I love 
Desmond so <laughs> much. Speaking of Desmond, Kelvin and Desmond. Go ahead, Brittany. Oh, yeah. What were you going to say? Oh, okay. So Des has, like, been out in the world. Right. Des yes. knows that there's, like, nothing poisonous out there. Why does he continue to take those pills? Or the shots? The shots. I, um, I don't know. I wonder if Laspedia says. That's a good question. That just seems like something that, like, even, like, him continuing to press the button is just maybe part of, like, a habit or something or, like, makes him feel better or something. Like, I remember something about... I think I don't think it's this same thing. It's like something at the staff that like they have to give Claire and Aaron because Juliet like kind of poisoned them a little bit. Yeah, yeah. So that's what this reminds me of, but I don't think. Um... Yeah, I don't think it's like the same. But and like there was also the thing where like Des does know that something happens when you don't press the button because of course yes. he thinks that he crashed their plane. Yeah, right. Well, I don't know if he thinks that he crashed the plane. He just kind of, kind of just like, whoa, something crazy happened 44 days ago or whatever. No, he literally says, he uh, literally says the line, I think I crashed your plane. That's in the finale, the season two finale. I know. Oh, okay. I thought we were talking about <laughs> the beginning of season two still. We're in the spoiler section. We're in spoiler land. No, I know, but I thought we were still talking about, the, like, we were talking about like why he continues to take the... The thing, so I thought we were talking about the beginning flashback. Ah, uh, okay, no, okay, that's fair. Sorry. <laughs> anyway. And, okay, okay, uh, vaccine. The vaccine was seen up close on at least two occasions in the series, and it, uh, appeared to be yellow translucent liquid. The vials were both labeled CR4815162342. Oh my god, it had the numbers too. The vial seen at the staff also contained the notation RX1GND. And the station's logo on the label. The vaccine appeared to be administered in most cases via jet injector, although it could also be given via a syringe. Okay, so it is the same stuff as the stuff they have to give Claire. Yeah. It appeared the vaccine was originally manufactured by the Dharma Initiative, although the kit found on the pallet drop appeared to suggest some party was continuing to manufacture the vaccine after the time of the purge. Ha, <laughs> purge. It was intended to combat some sort of sickness on the island, although he never elaborated on the nature of the disease or its symptoms. I think that was just part of the psychological thing is... Yeah. yeah. But why does he continue to? Kelvin indicated that Desmond should give himself a shot of the vaccine every nine days. Why not eight? But there's, like, we know from everyone else that there's no danger to it. Yeah. It's true. I never really thought about that. Kelvin's instructions were somewhat suspect, however, as it was later revealed he was using the alleged sickness as a means of keeping Desmond confined within the swan. Oh, Kelvin. Oh, God, he was such a douche. The vaccine kit found by Charlie in the supply drop, however, also contained instructions that a shot should be given every nine days, supporting at least part of Kelvin's story. Okay. And then they're talking about the sickness, like Danielle's the sickness. Right. Oh! At a later point, Desmond told Claire that taking the vaccine was worthless as it had no effect. Okay. But... Maybe it just existed to make him more handsome. Maybe. That makes sense. Magical. Can you tell why I did this podcast in the first place? <laughs> Not at all. Robin's like, I like, Robin's like, I like lost it. I'm like, I think Desmond's yeah. handsome. Let's do it. And then I had to go through like all of season one just waiting because my favorite characters are Juliet, Desmond, mm -hmm. and Ben. Yeah. Those are good choices. The only thing that got me through season one was Saeed. Uh. I was like, please. <laughs> Saeed is my boy. Where are the rest of my people? Brittany, I do not know why Desmond continued to use it. I have finally stumped you. I do not know why. That I mean, obviously, like, narratively, it's so that we can be like, oh, what's that at the beginning of season two? But, like... Right. But, yeah, there's no 
Character-wise, I have no idea. There's no reason. And he, yeah, like, he would know there's no reason. Yeah, I don't know. Way to go, Des. Sup, you Des. Idiot. You handsome idiot. But, yeah, Desmond um, fully killed Kelvin himself. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't mean yeah, to that like, happen. Kelvin died. I don't know. <laughs> like, Kelvin died. And I'm like, oh, Kelvin died, Desmond. <laughs> like, he passed away. I'm very sad. Yeah, it was just tragic, really. <laughs> I also think it's so weird that they were like, this is the end of Desmond. We're not going to see him again after this. And then they were like, oh, we like him. And they're like, okay, let's give him the entire season finale. Like, how are they going to do the right. season finale without Desmond? How would you let a character like that go? You literally set up, he has a backstory with Jack. Mm-hmm. He's in a mysterious hatch. There's electromagnetism stuff going on. He's part of a mysterious organization. And they're like, oh, yeah, that's all from Yeah, him. we're done. Yes. <laughs> Whatever. But of course they didn't. They were like, oh, true. You right. You right. <laughs> I don't what the hell were they thinking? Um, then they are gonna watch the film. The film was made with Pierre Chang, and we have seen Oh my him. god, what are his other candle names? Uh he uses Wickman or Wickmund. Ooh, I remember. He uses Pierre Pierre is a great name, by the way. Dr. Marvin Candle, Dr. Mark Wickmund, and Dr. Edgar Hallowax. <laughs> candle. Okay, so some like, which intern had fun coming yeah. up with those names? <laughs> right. The 70s are so fun. <laughs> but yeah, we have seen him... At the beginning of season five, I believe, we see him, like, recording one. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. <sighs> okay. So yeah. Pierre, Marvin Candle, The Incident. I don't know if we have to actually say anything about this, but, like, The Incident <laughs> happened. It was a thing. The incident was hurtful, and I don't want to talk about it. It was a thing. Uh, he was there. Miles. All of this stuff. Incident. Holy crap. Season 5 finale. Oh, so Redzinski spent, like, so much of season 5 building the model of the swan. It actually looks, like, quite a little, like, like quite a bit like the swan. And yeah. it's in the orientation video. Like, Redzinski's like, that's mine. <laughs> Like, do you think when Radzinski He's watching it, like, so proud. Found Kelvin and showed him the orientation video, he's like, I made that. Probably. So just say what I did. He's literally so proud of himself. What are those called? Like, popsi- popsicle sticks. That's what they're called. <laughs> you forgot the phrase popsicle stick? What are those called? Yeah, I was like, I don't know, you, like, put them in your mouth and you go, uh. What? <laughs> but those are different. Those are thicker, you know? Anyway. <laughs> Okay, do you guys want to hear about my revelation today? Sure. I literally gasped. It was incredible. So. Oh, you figured out the word for popsicle sticks. Yeah. (laughs) Also, I'm sitting there watching the thing. So it's important to note that I recently rewatched the incident, the season five finale, because our friend Kim was watching it for the first time uh, live on Periscope. And so it's really exciting. And I would like watch along with her. So I'm watching the incident and everything. And... Because I rewatched the incident so recently, I was able to come back to this episode and I was like, oh yeah, he has a prosthetic arm. And then I remembered in the incident, Pierre Chang's left arm gets stuck under a giant metal thing. (gasps) And Miles saves him. I'm like, oh my God, this was in season two and they just thought, give him a prosthetic arm. It'll never come back again. It's just kind of spooky. And then they bring him back and they're like, let's make his prosthetic arm make sense. I hate them. <laughs> that attention to detail is unparalleled. I can't even. And I was like, okay, well, I got to make sure it was his left arm. It was. Oh, man. 
I've this is honestly never five. noticed that. I'm gonna have to like watch again, dude. Like I was watching it today and I literally went, oh, "That's mind boggling." It was incredible. And then I wrote a series of tweets about it. The commit. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, that was incredible for me. The film is spliced a bunch of times. Echo has the other piece of it in a Bible. You're in- not part of this. <laughs> Stop. Can you guys hear this? No. No. Oh my God. Sorry. He's screaming so loud. <laughs> He's hungry. He's hungry. <laughs> He's hungry and upset. Echo has it in a Bible in the arrow. And I don't know why it's there or how it uh... got there and what the arrow even is. It's like a security thing, but we never see it again. So anyway, Echo has it. We don't know. We still don't know why it was spliced. Maybe we maybe we do, and I just don't remember. <laughs> so there's that. <laughs> I like how we've like reached the end of the pod. We're just like, yeah, that's neat. He's like, oh, Jack says, where did you get the food? And that'll be answered in Dave when uh, they get the drop. Yeah. Oh, right, 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 right. Um, and then my last thing is, um, ooh, ooh. Jack says to Desmond, you don't even know what you're running from. And in the season yes, two does. finale, my favorite iconic moment, what are you running from, Desmond? I have to get my honor back, and that's what I'm running to. Yeah. <laughs> and that's what it reminded me of. I was like, yes, good. That's my boy. <laughs> One of my favorite, probably my favorite Desmond line of all time. That's really good. Chills every single time. Yep. Any last thoughts, friends? <sighs> we made pretty good time. Yeah, we definitely did better than we usually do. Yeah. <laughs> Well, that's good. Like probably because I don't sun. talk that much. I feel like I talked a no, lot. No, you were so fun. <laughs> I feel like I'm just like laughing in the back. I, I had no, a few you moments. Were so fun. <laughs> yeah. No, you were so fun. I really, I really enjoyed having. Granted, you this is my first time, so I feel like I would be more comfortable if I did it again. But yeah, <laughs> pick a pick an episode in season three. Okay. We'll see. No, all right. I'm down. Because <laughs> honestly, like I, you know, whatever. Not to just throw this into the end, but season two is kind of my least favorite. <laughs> Dude, me too! Secretly, yeah! yeah. Eh, Like, it's okay. Like, I don't know. I think I get, like, weirdly, like, not claustrophobic, but I just get tired of the hatch. Like, I don't Mm. know. I just, I don't know. It's it's not my favorite. To be honest, I think... instead of expanding the world, they shrunk the world. Yeah. Yeah. But I love me some season three! And to be honest, like, I feel like there are a couple episodes... There's, like, a couple episode run, like, a three or four episode run in season two that I'm kind of just like, nothing happens. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Um, did you mean season four of the hundred? Yeah. <laughs> but also, I also love season three. Yeah. Thank you so for loving good. season three because it gets a bad rap for no reason. I don't understand. Why do people not like season three? Season three is great. It brings us Juliet. Yeah. Hello. Yeah. Hello. I people don't like season three because like, I mean, from a writing standpoint, I guess they, like, weren't sure when the show was going to end, so they were, like, still trying to figure out, like, where their arcs were going and everything. And, like, I can see people not liking season three from, like, the entire arc perspective. But, like, Mm -hmm. when you think about season three, I think of Glass Ballerina, I Do, Not in Portland, Man Behind the Curtain. a lot of, yeah. Greatest Hits, Through the Looking Glass. Like, it just, like, expose! The character work. (laughs) Yeah. There are so many good episodes in season three. And I feel like for me, one of the biggest things that I wanted to know more about was the others. And it's like, yeah. it answers so much with them. It's like, so it gives much. us all these new characters and all their background. Totally. And I was like, yes, I'm yeah. finally finding out about them. Like, mm-hmm. I was exactly. waiting for that forever. So. Season three lays the groundwork to make all of those characters iconic. Right. Yeah. Not in Portland also brings us Richard Alpert. Uh, 
<gasps> yes. Skyliner. Another fave. All right. Well, Andy, thank you so much for coming on the pod. <gasps> thank you for Woo-hoo! having me. It was awesome. Can you give us your Wait, social medias one more time? Oh my gosh. Okay. Like I feel dumb spelling them, but I feel like I have to spell them. Cause... They'll be in the description. They're, they're... Go oh, for okay. It. So I could just kind of sort of say them. Anyway. So my Tumblr is Saeed Jaras with an S on the end. My Instagram mm-hmm. is aesthetic with an E as the, or sorry, a C as the first E. So it's A-C-S-T-H-E-T-I-C. And then Twitter is I'll get you blutes. The U is just a U. Perfect. Yep. Touch me! <laughs> you can follow me it. on Twitter at R O B Y N E J E F F R Y pretty much everywhere. And sir, you're not <laughs> on social media. Stop yelling. Actually, you are on social media. I post pictures of you. He's hangry. You can follow me on Twitter at Britannia, which is B R I T T A N I A with an underscore at the end. And you can follow Kobe there too, because apparently he and feel uncomfortable when we are not about him. <laughs> <laughs> and you can follow at the Aficionados on Twitter, Facebook, Tumblr, Instagram, Redbubble, YouTube. Mostly Twitter, though. <laughs> you name it, we have it. Mm-hmm. And uh, neglect it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good stuff. Ow. <laughs> you just Stop. hear, like, a quiet ow. ow. I was trying to move to my computer and I stubbed my toe. Um, and our Patreon is patreon.com slash theafficionados. If you have a spare dollar, we would really appreciate it because hosting fees are kind of a um, bitch. Yeah, it's a lot. No. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, love you, bye! Okay, love you, bye! <laughs> bye! <laughs> We're gonna need to watch that again. This is the spoiler section for episode 204, Everybody Hates Hugo, featuring Melissa. Spoilers, spoilers, gonna talk spoilers. So let's talk about flashbacks. I mean, oh my spoilers. God. <laughs> We've already done this. I was like, hang on, bitch! Um, okay. So, so I'm do... really disappointed. Okay. I'm just gonna start. I'm just gonna start saying this. Yes. Um, Desmond doesn't come back until the end of the season, right? That's correct. Literally, is this a hate crime towards me? <laughs> is, is this homophobic? It um, might be. Well, that's because like they were like gonna say goodbye to Desmond, and then everyone liked Desmond so much, so they brought him back, and he became one of the best characters on the show. That was the plan. Really? Yeah, they were oh, just yeah. Like, that was also the plan with Ben. Yeah, that was the plan with Ben wow. too. But then they were just like, hmm, we like these people. And I'm like, good, because they just, they made your show. Mm-hmm. Um, and then my next question is, mm-hmm. when does Michael Emerson show up? Michael Emerson shows up uh, when Scott comes on. Oh, my God. I'm going to go nuts on that episode. S- Scott, like, specifically chose... Scott specifically chose that episode. So I know I'm going to... I'm fully going to go nuts on that episode because it's, I love Ben so much. The episode is called One of Them. It's 2 Okay. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, okay. nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen. It's two fourteen. Oh, that's so many episodes. I know, I'm wow. so sorry. But we got good so, stuff until then. If you say so. Talk about some Anna Lucia. Decide if we like her. Good point. <laughs> That'll be good. Um, so let's start with Hatch. Spoilers. Um uh, Sawyer says we can all sue Oceanic together. And <laughs> when the Oceanic Six goes back, they all get like a pretty heck of big settlement from Oceanic. <laughs> Because they sued Oceanic together. I'm so proud of them. That's so cute. Do we know how much they wound up getting? Um, uh, Sun is able to buy a considerable share of her father's car company with it. Oh, okay. So quite a lot. So quite a lot. Because her okay. the car company is, like, massive. $42 million. Probably $42 million. <laughs> Stop. Can you imagine? I don't think we know for sure, but I will do some research. Well, research. it's one of the numbers. Okay. Mm-hmm. Good.
Michael and Libby meet, and Michael will kill Libby. Dang. (laughs) Yikes. Totally forgot about that until right this minute. Yeah. They go to the arrow. So the arrow is one of the hatches that we know hardly anything about. I think that it said, like, it's, like, a security type place, but it's not where Mikhail lives, which is the flame. It's not the flame. So I don't know what the arrow does exactly. Let me go onto the page just to make sure. Wait, I don't like Mikhail, right? No. Yeah. We do not like Mikhail. The arrow is Dharma Initiative Station number two, whose primary purpose was the development of defensive strategies against the hostiles. It was an underground bunker or complex or complex constructed into a hillside located somewhere east or northeast of the barracks and an hour or two from the coastline. It was discovered by the tailies. It was about a three days trek from the tail crash site to the arrow. By the time it was discovered, the survivors of the tail section, it appeared to be converted into a storage facility with any pre-existing hostile studying tools gone or disassembled. Okay. That makes sense, because every time they're like, this is what it was for, and we go in and they're like, there's nothing in here, Mm -hmm. then I'm always confused. Oh, I see. Horace was wearing an arrow jumpsuit in Le Fleur, so that's interesting. Oh, there's an orientation film. This is the only orientation film whose creation was shown in Lost. Oh, right. That was uh, at the beginning of season five. Oh, yeah, I I actually remember that. It looks like we just don't know that much about the Arrow, but basically when Dharma showed up, they met the hostels and they were like, we should have a place where I guess we just have a big table and like do the conspiracy theory. Like, what's that called? Like the, like the meme? The math meme? Yeah. No, the meme of the guy who, um. Oh, aliens. Yeah, 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 yeah. No. Yeah. The one with, like, the big conspiracy theory thing and his hands are, like, out like this. <gasps> oh, yeah, yeah, it is, Charlie, you're right. Okay, yeah, yeah, thank you. So it looks like that's all we really know. It, oh, it primary purpose for storage and restocking. Why is it called the Arrow, then? Yeah, it, that, it, it's a way cooler name than it needs. Okay, anyway, whatever. So, that's it. That's all the spoilers for it. Just, like, Bernard and Rose finally, eventually come together and they are happy and good and they were all right. Bernard and Rose are the best couple on this show. Mm-hmm. Then. Just kidding, Desmond. Hatch stuff. Yeah, hatch Kate stuff. and Jobs. She's never went, I don't think we've ever see her, seen her actually have a job. No. Besides, like, working on the farm, I guess. Yeah, true. She worked on the farm in Tabula Rasa. Because, like, when she was married to Nathan Fillion, <laughs> she was, like, kind of just, like, making tacos. That's a job. Like. It is a job. Like, she was like, it's taco night. But but I don't think she had a job because he was a police officer. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, so. Don't know. William Blanchett comes back to play Aaron as a toddler in five? Four and five? Yeah. I don't know. Anyway, yeah. So he he'll come back and that's cool. Um, Rose says she's not nosy. Rose is, is full she... of kind of full of crap. Literally, she's like, I'm so not nosy that while all of you were at the Dharma Initiative, me and Bernard have been sitting here chilling. Yeah. Yeah. Claire finds the messages and next season, Claire and like messages uh, is kind of like a thing because in her episode called Par Avion, she like is trying to catch a bird to, like, put a message on its leg. Like, oh, her and... I forgot about that. Yeah, her and, like, messages getting out is kind of a thing. Yeah. Oh, remind me what happens with the message in the bottle. Like, why does Sun, Sun hide it? 
Oh, yeah. So she's burying it, right? And the the spoiler thing is that she loses her red, wedding ring, right? Yeah. In the first shot, she's not wearing any rings on her hands. Yeah. And then in the close-up, she is wearing a ring. And then it's presumably gone after that. But initially, she wasn't even wearing one. Yeah. But, like, why why bury it instead of doing anything about it? It's because she doesn't want everyone to know that clearly the raft, like, something bad happened to the raft. Oh, so she wanted to protect them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. she doesn't want everyone to lose hope. Okay. I honestly can't remember if she, like, ends up unburying it and then doing something else with it. I don't know. Digging I, it up is yeah. what you... Yeah. Unb- <laughs> yes, thank you. Unburying but yeah. it? Unburying it. Um, Charlie says, what if we don't push the button? Well, bad things happen. Yeah, that's um, not, don't, don't get, you know what, though? Isn't there one time he didn't push the button and then all Desmond's clothes fell off? Yes, at the end, that's the beginning, end of season two, beginning of season three. Yeah, so, like, there's some good things that happen. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I think Charlie ends up, like, kind of becoming friends with Echo and then being a real man of faith for the rest of the season. And Echo's mm-hmm. one of the people who, like, really wants to push the button. So at the end of season two, Charlie and Echo are both trying to push the button while Locke and Desmond are like, we don't have to, lol. I think, do people not like Charlie's, like, plotline with Echo? I don't have a problem with it. My big problem with Charlie is, uh, like, beginning of season two to fire and water. After Charlie starts to build the church with Echo, mm-hmm. then I think he's okay. I think the problem okay. is that he's still hoarding all those Mary statues, and right. then Echo eventually finds out about it because, you know, it was, like, his plane that, like, brought yeah. the Mary statues. So that ends up being a whole thing. But I think he gets better after he finally gets a reality check. And I think Locke punches him in the face. <laughs> <laughs> no. I didn't mean to laugh, but I, it's funny. He deserves it, honestly. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. he's freaking weird about it. So then uh, they're talking about Chernobyl and, you know, it's comparable to what the incident is. Yeah. I'm just going to gloss over that you brought up the incident again. Sorry. Yeah. How dare you? Okay, yeah, and then she loses her ring, which we already talked about. Mm -hmm. But, like, they do make it very clear that, like, she was wearing a ring, and now she is not wearing a ring. So you can, like, go back and see that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's... So, like, really, if you were really looking, (laughs) she's like, where's my ring? We're like, I know where it is. Okay, so now, flashback ones. Maybe it's Jesus, he'll get you a new car. So Jesus is like, here's your lottery ticket, and then Hurley <laughs> gets a new car. It's yellow. Does this imply that Jesus is actually Jacob? I mean, I think that's what they are definitely implying all throughout the season. Or the yeah. Series, yeah. Is that he's a Jesus figure. Yeah. I mean, Jack's the Jesus figure. Ugh. It's true. His name, like, his fa- like Sarah likes to bring up, his father's name is Christian Shepherd. Oh, that is so, a good point. So yeah. we all so she calls him uh Jesus Jesus. The son of God. <laughs> yeah. So that's his name. And then Jesus Jesus Jr. is Jack. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Got it. Hurley's at work. He ends up like buying the fast food restaurant and everything. Um, all that stuff with Randy, um, who ends up working with Locke and such. I hate you, Randy. He's not cool. He's one of the guys who was on Brooklyn Nine Nine. He's he's one of the um 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 Lost Actors Who Was on Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Him, uh, Helen, I think Nathan Fillion was on it. Yeah, he was. L. Scott Caldwell, who plays Rose, was on it. She was? Yeah, she played Holt's mom. <gasps> yeah. Whoa. You just blew- Wait, who was he yeah. on B99? Who? Randy? Yeah. 
Oh, he was just a random guy who, like, came in and they were like, hey, we have questions for you. And he's like, here's my answers. Like, that's all he did. Oh, okay. Yeah, but he was there. Starla. So I totally forgot about this. But I was just on Starla's page and and Trisha Tanaka is dead in season three. Hurley reveals that after he won the lottery, Starla ran away with Johnny. Oh my God. What a terrible friend. Mm -hmm. Like, why would she even do that? Yeah, I want to know more about Starla. Like, what yeah, happened like, to her? Tell me about Starla. Johnny is clearly so much worse than Hurley in, like, every way. Like, Hurley is clearly, like, a good person, genuine person. I don't know. It didn't take us very long to realize that Johnny was only with him to feel better about himself. Yep. Where did you go? Why did you go? What is your story? Please. Well, I mean, Starla does talk about, like, change. You're rocking my world and yeah. stuff. So maybe Johnny got all in her head. Like, Hurley's different now. Things are different. Yeah. And that's what most Blame Johnny. Me. Blame Johnny. Yeah. He's the worst. Done. That's my theory. Okay. I think that's it. What do you guys think? Yeah. Yeah. Man, that I wish sucks. I, I wish I had more thoughts, but, like, basically this episode just makes me really sad. It was sad. Yeah. yeah. Ew. Okay, should we do our final outro? Yeah. Melissa, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Woo! Thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much. Do you want to tell us your social medias one more time? Sure. I am at WhatTheMelMel on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, you can also follow my LGBT-friendly designs at BumblebyDesigns on Instagram, or my tea public shop is Bumbleby. Yeah, and that's um, B-I. Yes, yeah, yeah. Like a bumblebee. But bi is yeah. like bisexual. Yeah. <laughs> and you can see pictures of Robin in some of them on yes. Twitter. Oh, yes. That is yeah. true. That is true. Doing um, real good advertising work. Yes. Yeah. She's a model. <laughs> I, I literally took those right here with like the timer on my iPhone and a tripod. Amazing. <laughs> so I'm a model. Um, you can follow me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey. That's R-O-B-Y-N-E-J-E-F-F-R-E-Y pretty much everywhere. And you can follow me at Britannia, which is B-R-I. <clears throat> she doesn't know how to spell. No, I know how to spell. It's just like I had a hiccup in the middle. <clears throat> which is B-R-I-T-T-A-N-I-A with an underscore at the end. And you can follow at The Aficionados on Twitter, Facebook, Tumblr, Instagram, Redbubble, YouTube, but mostly Twitter. Yeah. The YouTube will get better soon. Yes, once we're together, we have many ideas. Oh, so many ideas. Yeah. That's it. No, it isn't. <laughs> Our Patreon is patreon.com slash theafficionados. If you have a spare dollar, we would super appreciate it because hosting fees are, like, you know, hellish. Yeah. Especially yeah. with three podcasts. Soon to be four. Yep. Oh, God. Okay, love you, bye! Okay, love you, bye! Okay, love you, bye! Drive shaft. Or, like, suck shaft. This is the spoiler section for episode 205, And Found, featuring Brittany's cousin, Jillian. Spoilers, spoilers, gonna talk spoilers. That was the saddest bye I've ever heard. <laughs> spoilers, spoilers, gonna talk spoilers. Woo! Oh my okay. god. Finally, spoilers. Jillian, would you like to know the sad oh, thing yeah. about why Robin knows Jin's birthday? Why? Uh, it literally says on the um the page, like it's like I wanna read you the exact um wording because it's like so nonchalant and you're like oh i didn't ask for this it says um his birth date has been confirmed on his tombstone oh that's horrible <laughs> like that one hurt they never died what are you talking about Ryan? i know they're fine 
his to his fake tombstone in season four. Aww. Yeah, that hurts my feelings, and I don't want to talk about it anymore. So Ooh. I'm just weirded out that the others took so like clearly the others took so many of the tailies, like loads of them. Yeah, yeah, and they have like specifically chosen not to take these five tailies because if they wanted to. They would, be, yeah. first of all, because they're, mm-hmm. like, spoopy and they just know how to do that. But also, the others know about all the Dharma, like, hatches. They'd be yeah. like, oh, they're, like, if someone said, oh, yeah, the, I checked out the tailies, they're in the arrow, they'd be like, oh, cool, well, leave them there for now. Yeah. You know? Like, they know that they're there. I wonder why, like, is it some kind of, like, psychological mind game? Or maybe they just well, don't want them. Like, somebody like Anna Lucia, like, I don't just let them, like, die in the wild, you know? What's why? weird is that, like, after they take... Well, I love Cindy. her, but, like, she was not going to be go quietly into this good night. Good point. Right. But, like, after they take Cindy and everything, like, Cindy goes and, like, lives with the others. Like, no, just Cin- lives with it, them. Doesn't Cindy, like, isn't she confirmed to, like, actually, like, not die? Like, her and those I little kids, so. like, they stick around for a they on the island. Yeah. Totally. That's so weird. Yeah, she ends up but being, like, their adopted mom. Yeah. It's just weird because, like, they, like, are specifically talking about how they're, like, taking, like, good people and stuff like that. Like... Are the others, like, do the others know who Jacob's candidates are? And, like, is Ben telling them not to take Jacob's candidates? Because Ben's never actually talked to Jacob. Like, I just wonder why they're taking these tailies. Yeah. Um, Was Anna Lucia a candidate? I thought she was. I'm pretty sure she was. Let me check. Because if Ben knew who the candidates are, he would probably purposefully let her die. Yeah. Oh, totally. Right. Um, uh, it doesn't look like she was on the list. Hmm. Um, but, I mean, maybe we just didn't see it. I always thought she was a, okay. a, a, a candidate. Oh, hey, Anna Lucia is one of the few main characters whose name wasn't seen on either Jacob's cave wall or the lighthouse wheel. Huh. While the others be Libby, Libby, Paulo, okay. Richard, Frank, Christian, Eloise, Penny, Bernard. Yeah, so. Eloise! So, yeah, it's just weird that she's not there, but she is. At- one thing that I did think of when Anna was like, Bernard, come help me fish, was like, Bernard and fish. Yeah, Later right. in the season, like, Bernard and Jin, like, mm-hmm. Ber- this is the first time that Bernard and Jin get to, like, fish together, but, like, later when, like, Jin and Sun have problems and stuff, like, Bernard comes up and, like, he and Jin, like, go out fishing and, like, have boy talk, and it's, like, nice. Married people! Yeah. <sighs> so, like, it's just nice that this is the first time that Bernard and Jin fish together, and then, like, later, like, it just seems to be, like, just, like, a hobby that they both have together mm-hmm. and that's nice that's so sweet um libby mentions that they have trust issues and that's because of goodwin and nathan um yo what the hell kind of game are they playing with like everyone in bare feet and the bear yeah oh yeah okay i have more thoughts okay right yeah so this bear was zach's bear zach's one of the kids it was zach's bear so, like, is this person walk like dro- walking around with it Zach or somebody who took it from Zach? But also, like, wh- why are they doing this in the first place? Like, is it just supposed to be performative to scare them? I think it is because they have that whole, like, other village and stuff on that other, like, side of the island. Yeah. That's, like, doesn't even have anything in it. That they just, like, kept Michael in and <laughs> stuff. Maybe, like, I mean, I assume that... Okay, I'm just making this up right now. But... Like, we know that they, like, specifically had that, like, Friendly was all, like, dressed up like that, and, like, everyone's dressed up like this, because, maybe it's because they have Walt right now. Oh. And they're trying to, like, keep a facade up? And, like, maybe they're trying to, to fool Walt. Like, we know that at some point Walt is in, 
room 23 and they're all walking around normally in room like around room 23 but but i thought there was a section of the others that hung around that 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 were dressed up in those kind of outfits that's why we like yeah that's time? why we saw like are they like oh. more, they were more like not disciples of jacob but like they're like more like like homie and stuff like that like i remember because then when cindy gets captured she's dressed like that for the rest of the series right oh right 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 and they're like at the temple and stuff yeah yeah the people who live at the temple i think the others that live at the temple dress like that right and are the others who live at the temple like on the same side as the others who live in the barracks i totally forgot about the freaking questions that we have um that i don't think we can answer right now but um echo was oh, literally wow. like a drug lord and then became a priest. So I don't heckin' know how, like, how he can track people. I don't know. Like, he was, yeah, he was like a drug lord. Oh, sorry. It's on the Wikipedia page of the temple. It says the inhabitants of the temple all appear barefoot, much like the deceased Jacob. This is also in keeping with their previous ragged appearance in season two. Beautiful. Thank okay, you. Okay, so there is continuity here. Okay. Beautiful, beautiful, wonderful. Yeah, so anyway, we don't know how Echo knows how to track people. Good win. I love this crap. We're literally going to learn this in, like, two episodes, but, like, they're mm-hmm. totally getting us with him saying, did the others kill Goodwin? But he's only just saying others, and Echo's going, yeah. yeah. But what he's really meaning is, yeah, Goodwin was an other, and he infiltrated us, and he's the worst. That was crazy. Yep. Crazy. But, of course, they don't want to ruin their twist for two True. episodes from now. Yeah, exactly. Um, Echo says, uh, worse. When he says, are you married? And he says, no, worse. Still don't know yep, what that means. Still don't know. Still don't know. Doesn't make sense even in the spoiler section. Just don't know. Um, yeah. I, I want to believe that Echo was a romantic who actually always dreamt of, like, <laughs> having a partner. That's true. Right. Oh, that, That's what I'm going to believe. Someone write a fic. And then, yeah, so the, the teddy was either Zach or stolen from Zach. It, I, I'm in the mind of thinking it was probably stolen from Zach because I don't think they can, like train that kid to be a real good other yeah. so heckin quick anna is not married but she was supposed to be pregnant she was pregnant oh yeah um, oh right and michael will find walt but in not a great way yeah mm, walt Jin. Uh, going into Jin flashbacks now he where did he learn his ideals like obviously not from his dad who is dope and awesome yeah. Um. So not sure where he learned that from. I assume it was but... just a general Korean like like yeah like right, cultural yeah. thing. Yeah. I think it's like a societal thing. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. Sun and Jai Lee. So like Frick, Jai Lee ends up teaching Sun how to speak English. Yep. And then they have an affair. Oh yeah. I feel like he. I feel like he explains why that the like whole thing with his American woman doesn't work. Yeah. Um, because, because, like, when I was watching it, I was just like, but you had a wife, like, wh- why did you have an affair with Sun then? But I feel like he talks about it one sec. But shout out to Jaili, who I love. Yeah, and then he dies. Yeah, and then he dies. In, like, honestly, like, the coolest way ever. The Glass Ballerina is such a cool episode. I love the Glass Ballerina. True. He attended Harvard and studied medieval Russian literature, like a weirdo, where he met and fell in love with an American woman. Uh, he met Sun on a family arranged date, but told her he wasn't interested because of his previous love, which apparently, which apparently failed. So I guess he doesn't actually even talk about it. Mm-hmm. Um, I just assumed he gave into his parents' like wishes yeah. and like was not brave enough to go against them. Yeah, Jaylee met and fell yeah. in love with an American woman. We're studying at Harvard. He confided in Sun after a few dates that he was just going on the dates to appease his parents, but he secretly planned on marrying this woman in six months. After he started teaching Sun English, however, he developed romantic interest in her instead. Mm-hmm. Clearly, but this is like after she Men. is like 
married to Jin slash not happy in her marriage to Jin. So that's pa- obviously been past six months. Yeah. So something must have happened in which she was just like, oh, you left. So I married some other dude, American dude yep. or whatever. Whatever. Either way, that didn't work mm-hmm. out. But yeah, I think I think Jai Lee's story is so freaking cool. Yeah. It's like really well written. <laughs> Especially for like what it is, you know, even far beyond a tertiary character. Yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. totally. Yeah, his episode count is three. That's crazy. Wow. But he like, but he literally like makes such a impact in my mind. Yeah. The actor's really, the actor's quite good too. Yes, totally. Yeah, he was in Glass Ballerina and Found and The Whole mm. Truth. So cool. I love Jai Lee. Those are all of my spoiler thoughts. I don't think I had any beyond like my initial questions of like the others and the bear and stuff and like laughing at like the whatever Ben was yeah. doing. Yeah, I didn't really have a lot either. Okay, sweet. Well, we did. Jillian, thank you so much for coming on the pod again. Thank you. I had, I had so much fun. I really appreciate Yay. you guys asking me. It's awesome. Of course. Um, do you want to tell us one more time where we can find you? At camera period Americana, my film Instagram that I need to update, but I can't afford to uh, get my film developed right now because I'm lazy. Cute. There it is. <laughs> I, l- I love that there were two reasons there. I can't afford to get my film developed because I'm lazy. Because I'm lazy. <laughs> <laughs> Idiot. Um, okay, well, you can follow me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey. That's R O B Y N E J E F F R E Y pretty much everywhere. And you can follow me at Britannia, which is B-R-I-T-T-A-N-I-A with an underscore at the end. And you can follow at the Aficionados on Twitter, Facebook, Tumblr, Instagram, Redbubble, YouTube, and uh, yeah, just um, do that. <laughs> uh, oh, and our website is theaficionados.com. I work hard on it, so you can check that out too if you want. All right. Thanks, fam. I'm going there right now. talk about our Patreon. I was about to, okay. and then you said well, something. Well, it sure sounded like you were done, so. No. Good. Uh, Snippity snip. <clears throat> we have a Patreon. It's patreon.com slash the Um if you have a spare dollar, we would really appreciate it because it helps with our hosting costs. Yay! Yay! <laughs> Yay! We did it. Okay, love you. Bye. Okay, love you. Bye. Okay, love you. Bye. 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 Did you go to the Olympics? Thank you so much for listening. Our music is Terminal by Good News Tunes. Thank you so much to the creators and community of Lostpedia. Truly, without them, we would be lost. Stay tuned for more spoiler sections coming to you every Friday in June. Season 3 will be posted on the first Friday of every month starting July 3rd, 2020. While you're waiting for Season 3, we've got some other podcasts. If you're a fan of The 100, we like to talk about that show too. As we speak, we are currently covering season seven, the final season. And uh, after that, we are going back and doing the first three seasons so we can finally cover those. If you're a fan of Riverdale, which I personally really am, we like to talk about that show too, way too much. We have so much fun over there. Uh, Unfortunately, season four was cut short by the pandemic, but we do have a backlog of literally all four seasons. So if you're wanting some sort of garbage television, you know, something that Lost is not, but something that's, God, just so much fun. I could not recommend Riverdale enough. If you're a fan of Stranger Things, we like to talk about that show too. We are taking up all of 2020 talking about season two. Then we are going to be taking up all of 2021 to talk about season three so that hopefully by then we have some season four to talk about. If you're a fan of Star Trek, we like to talk about that too. We covered all of season one of Star Trek Picard, and Brittany has some more Star Trek plans for that feed, so check it out if you're interested. You can follow at The Aficionados all over the place. Twitter, Facebook, Tumblr, Instagram, Redbubble, YouTube, 
mostly Twitter. I do post gifts of our favorite line awards on Tumblr, though, and uh, you can email us at aficionadospodcast at gmail.com. You can follow me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey, that's R-O-B-Y-N-E-J-E-F-F-R-E-Y, pretty much everywhere. And you can follow Brittany at Britannia, which is B-R-I-T-T-A-N-I-A with an underscore at the end on Twitter. The guests you heard this episode, all of their socials will be in the description. Our Patreon is patreon.com slash theafficionados. If you like what we do here, please consider donating because, oh boy, is this ever expensive. We have five podcasts and we know that money is tight all over the place, especially this year, but we could really, really use your help. We offer early access on literally all of our podcasts for $1 and up. This podcast in particular, I'm usually done editing pretty quickly, so you usually get it a week in advance. Weekly podcasts are usually like a day or a couple days in advance, but still, it, it counts. And for our $5 and up patrons, we offer 10% off of shopbelux.com. That's me and Brittany's small business. Brittany makes amazing and beautiful resin art over there, and I do fandom embroidery. Check out those links in the description as well. Once again, you guys, thank you so, so much for your support. You know how much we love you. And I cannot wait for season three. I am so excited, and I know you are too. Okay, love you. Bye.